Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 375, and today we are talking about books being released on August 16th, 2022, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Tears of Price, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Tears of hello! I almost called you Vanessa because I forgot to change the notes. <laughs> I was like, here with... wait, no! <laughs> I heard the very tiny pause, and I was like, oh, oh, she, she had somebody else's name on the notes. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I try to get to everything, but... It doesn't always work. You must always constantly be like, okay, this week, who is with me? Like, you, you're kind of like the center of gravity for this carousel of bookish excitement and madness, though. Because we, like, people get on, people get off. So, I'm impressed with you. That's hilarious. Yes, I do look like a painted horse. And the thing is that, like, depending on how much work I have to do the day that we record, because it's not always the same day of the week, um, I will, you know, close the notes and start working, or else I will take the time to, like, update the notes for the next time. So sometimes I'll open it and be like, wait, did I update this for this week? Or is this the episode number from last week? And then I have to look it up. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. We've done it 375 times. It's so Ooh, wild. So that is wild. wild to me. So what else is going on? I had a very exciting evening last night, which like I am all for people saying their age, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't think like you should be ashamed to be how old you are, you know, and it annoys me that people are like, oh, do all these things. You're not your age. Um, But at the same time, there are things that come along with being certain ages, you know, and for me, everything hurts. Like I got (laughs) into my 40s and like everything hurts. My back hurts. My knees hurt. my ankles hurt. you know. And so, and I'm tired all the time. I'm especially tired now. You know, I still have a little bit of like lingering, you know, COVID effects. You know, I'm still exhausted quite a bit. But last night, I don't know what got into me, but I played World of Warcraft from like 7 p.m. until 4 a.m. in the morning. And I listened to a lot of albums that I bought when I was in elementary school and some like stuff from the early aughts. And I drank a giant Red Bull and I just didn't really go to bed. And it was awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. I was like, I can almost pretend that I'm like 30 years old again if everything didn't hurt. If I hadn't just put my back out just simply lifting the cat today. Like, <laughs> it was great. I love it. I am 30 and I went to bed early last night. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I used to not go to bed, you know, one, two, three nights a week. And this is very bad for you, you know. But I mean, I used to get so much more reading done at night because I for didn't real. go to bed. And, you know, as, as I've gotten older, I've been like, all right, I'm going to stay up all night tonight. And then I'm asleep. Those nights that I specifically want to stay up all night, I'm asleep even earlier than I normally am, you know. So um, I recently gave up caffeine again, which is like an ongoing thing for me uh, and hadn't had any for like three weeks. So 
I think the Red Bull actually did its work because when you're not drinking caffeine like all day long from, you know, morning until night, you know, it has a chance to like do its thing. Yes. <laughs> so, it was really fun though. I think I might do it again tonight. Ooh. Yeah. Living on the wild side. I'm going to go kill some more orcs. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Uh, we all know that it's like a million degrees everywhere in the country and probably everywhere else too. Waiting for that to stop. My goodness. That Yeah, I'm ready for fall. I'm ready for all the fall things and cooler weather and all the fall book releases. It'll be great. Mm, so many good fall books just coming up and next year. You know, I'm like reading stuff coming out in May of next year and, and June of next year now for this job. You know, I've read some stuff that is coming out in 2024 now for my other job. So if you ever wonder, like, why is she so confused all the time? That is why. <laughs> she's, yeah, you're just living in a different time than the rest of us. It's true. I woke up yesterday and I thought it was Saturday. Yesterday being Tuesday. <laughs> I just, I woke up and I was like, oh, it's, I don't have to do these certain things today. So it must be Saturday. So I'm going to read and, and, you know, and then I'm like, talking to my husband and he's like something and I was like what day is it he's like Tuesday I'm like oh <laughs> I lost like a whole rest of the week somewhere <laughs> oh it's fun though I'm just like in bookland all the time so speaking of books we are going to talk about some great ones today but before we do that we are going to hear from a sponsor Okay, so I'm just going to say it. All of my books today are pretty dark. <laughs> no <laughs> surprises there. Um, but excellent, excellent. Starting with Complicit by Winnie M. Lee. This is a novel born of the Me Too movement. It's about a young woman named Sarah Lai who dreams of making it big in Hollywood behind the camera. She gets a job working as an intern for a production company. She really wants to be a screenwriter. She really wants to be like a major player in Hollywood. Uh, and she's excited to have this intern job. Uh, and because she's so good at it, she attracts the notice of people she works for, uh, including a woman named Sylvia who promotes her. And she gets a job helping out a director named Xander Schultz. He has written a screenplay and he's going to direct this film. And somewhere along the lines, a very powerful producer named Hugo North is attached to the project. He's like a billionaire, and he's really well-known in Hollywood, and he's going to help them produce this film. And so now, like, Sarah's living the big time. You know, she's going out to Hollywood. Uh, the film is being made. You know, her dreams are coming true, supposedly. Like, this is everything that she wants. But... There's a lot more stuff going on than, you know, what's in front of the camera. Years later, a journalist reaches out to Sarah because they want to talk to her about the filming of this movie and about Hugo North. Now, Sarah is now teaching screenwriting at a community college. And from what we learn about her life, you know, the, her dreams did not come true. Like, she was living the high life and now all of a sudden... She's miserable, and she's teaching at a very small school, and, like, what happened? And the journalist wants to talk to her about the rumors and accusations about things that went on during filming, including what she knows about this very famous producer, Hugo North. You know, Hugo is the Harvey Weinstein character in this, you know, situation. It's a very nuanced look at sexual harassment and assault in Hollywood, uh, about being a child of immigrants in America. Sarah is the daughter of Chinese immigrants. And 
you know, this is a big deal for her to get this job because as a woman and as a daughter of immigrants, it was already hard enough for her to get this position, you know. And so she's living her dream life and, like, what is her role in what happened? Um, you know, what did she see? What does she know? What did she keep quiet about? You know, like, like what would you let slide in order to achieve, achieve your dreams and goals? It's excellent. It's really excellent. Um, and it's a great look you know, at, you know, exactly like the title says, being complicit. Like, what are you responsible for? What do you owe other people? What do you owe yourself? I do want to give content warnings for bullying, sexism, misogyny, sexual harassment, sexual assault, and chemical use and abuse. It is called Complicit, and it is by Winnie M. Lee. That sounds fascinating. It's really good. I mean, of course, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's a hard subject, so it's, you know, like, not a happy book, but it's excellent. That Yeah, it sounds amazing. So I was kind of on my radar, but I didn't know what it was about. So now it's uh, going up my list. <laughs> I'm going to do um, a slight turn. Mine's a little bit lighter. And it's a middle grade novel called Tumble by Celia C. Perez. And I read a book by um, Perez before. I read, I believe, her first novel, which is The First Rule of Punk, and it was a really delightful kid's book. So this is, I believe, her third book, and it is about a girl named Addie Ramirez, who at the start of the book, we learn that um, she lives with her mom and her stepdad, and her mom is pregnant with a new baby, and Ahead of her new baby brother coming, her stepfather um, asks Addie if he if she would like him to formally adopt her. And she, you know, she loves Alex. Like, he's pretty much, like, the only father she's ever known. She doesn't know who her biological father is. She's never met him. She doesn't know his name. Her mom won't really talk about him. And so, um, you know, she's kind of you know, not opposed to the idea, but it also brings up a lot of like confusion for her because she doesn't really understand, you know, what the big deal about official adoption is, but also it gets her wondering like, hey, who is my biological father? Where is he? Is he still alive? Why isn't he in my life? And so she concocts this plan where instead of just asking her mom, because again, her mom is kind of cagey about answering and and kind of gets visibly upset if Addie asks. Um, she does a little bit of snooping and she finds this old photo of her parents before she was born. And she realizes through like what's in the photo that her parents went to high school together. So she um, tracks down an old high school yearbook. And as she's doing this, she learns that her biological father comes from this family of um, luchadores, which are like basically professional wrestlers. And they're somewhat famous. And so she is just fascinated by this. And she really likes watching wrestling. She likes like the storytelling aspect of it. So she gets to know her paternal family for the first time. And, of course, that creates some, I don't want to say, like, problems, but, it, it you know, there are family issues and, and, you know, things in the past that have never been truly resolved between her parents that all of that has to be addressed. And I thought that, that this was a really good book about complicated family dynamics that, you know, sometimes can be hard for younger, like, kids to really 
grasp, but at the same time, like they're not incapable of, you know, dealing with us. And I just, I don't know. I think it's great when you see kids books that sort of model, you know, families are difficult. Families are hard. Sometimes you can work things out. Sometimes other things are more difficult to work out, but you know, you got to show up. And so this is just a really great book about that. And I also just really love Celia Perez's writing. This is a really fun book. It made me want to go back and read her second book. So that is Tumble by Celia C. Perez. All right. So my next pick is Acting Class by Nick Dernasso. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's D-R-N-A-S-O. Uh, I went online to look up how you pronounce it, and I could only find other people like me saying, I hope that's how you pronounce it, but we seem to have all settled on the same way. Uh, I'm very sorry if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. I just got this book yesterday, so it was kind of like a a drop-in at the last minute, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, So he is actually the Booker-nominated author of Sabrina, which was the first ever graphic novel to be nominated for that award, which caused quite a stir. People were all worked up because a graphic novel made it to the long list. It was a very dark story. Uh, It's now being adapted into a film. And Acting Class is another graphic novel Definitely for adults. Uh, Don't leave it around for your kids to read, uh, because some of the pictures are very not kid-friendly. And this book is about, wait for it, an acting class. There is a teacher named John Smith. He puts up a flyer. He's giving free acting classes, and several adults in this town decide to attend. There is a young woman and her pushy grandmother, There's a man who is unpopular at his workplace, who is sort of looking for some place to socialize. Uh, There's a man who works uh, soliciting money for a food bank, like going door to door, asking for donations. There's an unhappy married couple, a physical therapist, a lonely woman and her coworker, a nude artist model, and the young mother whose toddler sees a monster in his room. And I think that's, I think that covers about everybody. So this teacher, John, he has them imagine scenarios and gives them prompts. Like they have to, he whispers like an emotion to them and they have to make it with their face and the class has to guess, you know, see how successful they are at miming these emotions. Um, He gives them unscripted roles. Like he says, you know, okay, you're going to be the boss and you're going to be the employee and sit down and now just say whatever, you know comes to mind. And so it could be like, you know, the boss is going to fire the employee or the boss wants to promote, you know, they just get to do whatever they want. He has them imagine their own scenes. Like if you could, you know, script your own scene, you know, what would it be about? And they're like imagining, you get to see like what they're imagining. Like some of them are very happy and some of them are very dark. And it's like, why did it take that turn? But something starts happening to the people in this class. Mm. And the lines between reality and imagination start to blur. Like, one of the students, one of the men in the class, he is asked to be a dog. Like, they, he has, like, a, they have a party scene where everybody's at a party, and they're each given a personality and a job. And one guy is told he's the dog. Like, he came with his owner, and he's the dog. And now he starts thinking of himself as a dog outside of the classroom. Like, he's kind of growling and barking in his sleep. And the charity worker starts pretending he's someone else entirely when he goes door to door. He finds that, like, acting as if he's someone else is giving him more confidence. Uh, The lonely woman, who is, like, the most dependable worker at her job, doesn't show up for work. 
for, like, days. And no one knows what happened to her or, like, why she's doing this. Um, and so what exactly is happening to these people? Like, how are they changing and what is going to happen? And this, like I said, came in the mail yesterday. I read it and it was exactly what I wanted, which is going to sound weird, but it gave me that unsettled feeling that you get like when you watch an indie film. You know, this is like happiness or like a, a darker ghost world. Um, it, it just gave me like this like very like sort of unsettling feeling, and which I think is actually like the word that they use to describe the book somewhere on the jacket. Um, and, and that's the best word for it because you're like, what is happening? I mean, like, it seems pretty normal at first, except there is that small child who's like, mommy, that man is standing in the corner again, which is always creepy. Children seeing yes. things is always creepy. Like, that's that's a great thing to use in every book, really. Small children who can see things. Ugh. So creepy, you know. And so, of course, when you read a novel, anything can happen, right? They can describe anything happening. But, you know, I found it was fun to kind of break it up this time and see it happening in illustrations. You know, like, like that was really fun. And like I said, it's mostly just, like, nudity in the book. So it's not a book that you want to leave around for your kids, really. But it was, it was excellent and got weirder, and I really enjoyed it. I do want to give content warnings for illness, chemical use and abuse, violence and murder, animal death, sexual violence, and police violence. This is Acting Class by Nick Dernasso. Awesome. So my next pick is Love in the Time of Serial Killers by Alicia Thompson. And that is a great title. Um, So this is a romance novel, believe it or not. It is about Phoebe. She is um, 30-something. She is a PhD candidate. So all she has to do is finish her dissertation and she will be able to, you know, defend and get her PhD. But right now she's having some trouble finishing that dissertation. So she is spending her summer in Florida, which is where she's from. She has just lost her father. He died very unexpectedly of a heart attack. And as a result, she um, needs to go home to her childhood home that she has not lived in since her parents divorced when she was a kid and basically clean out his house and get it ready to sell. And so her younger brother is still around but he's, you know, got his own stuff and he's really busy. So he's, you know, only able to help her out a little bit. And so she's basically just spending the summer alone in this house with like a lot of weird memories of not exactly like a super happy childhood because the last time she lived here was when her parents were still married and very unhappy. And she wasn't really close with her dad either. So that's kind of leaving her in like a weird sort of mental spot. And so she's living alone in this house where it's got a lot of weird feelings and, and memories. And she's also somebody who studies true crime for this PhD. And so she's like very naturally suspicious of everything and everyone. And she's very attuned to the genre. And she doesn't want to be like one of those people that becomes a statistic. And so she's suspicious of just everybody. And so the first person that runs afoul of her suspicions is her next door neighbor. His name is Sam. And he is like definitely up to something at night. Like she's observed that he seems to be 
you know, going about the day normally when it's daytime, but at night he's doing something. And, like, there could be a reasonable explanation, but she can't eliminate the fact that he could also be a serial killer. So she's very... Just not super warm or friendly to him at first, but the longer she stays there and the more she gets to know him and the more she sort of starts to confront her past and her awkward and sometimes complicated family issues, you know, the more she starts to realize that, like, maybe he's not a serial killer. Maybe he's somebody she could actually like. So I enjoyed this book. I thought it, you know, I don't have a PhD, but like I'm married to somebody who's in academia. So like that aspect was, um, as far as I could tell, pretty, pretty realistic and, and relatable just as somebody who's experienced it secondhand. Um, but also if you, you know, consume true crime at all, and you are also kind of aware of the issues of the genre or even like the problems um, that come up with the, the, just the simple fact that, like, so many people, particularly women, consume true crime as a form of entertainment and how that can be fraught. This was kind of an interesting book to dive into because it, it gets a little, gets a little meta in that sense, but it's also, you know, not necessarily a dark true crime book or a crime book. Um, so I hadn't seen that sort of tackled in that way. Just so like a heads up, there are a lot of like references to true crime cases, but there's nothing like graphic on the page that is described. So um, that is Love in the Time of Serial Killers by Alicia Thompson. All right. So those were today's releases that we have read. And now we're going to talk about more of today's releases in hardcover and paperback that we are excited about, but haven't necessarily read. You know, I have to say... Of all the days that we've had so far this year, like new release days, like this was the hardest one for me, um, finding things that I read and loved. Like I was really hoping I would have a lot of these read, but I don't know. I think just sometimes like there must be something about this time of the month in publishing because there wasn't a lot to choose from. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I think you're right. Like I also struggled and I only come in and do this like, you know, once a month, but I, I have to wonder too, because the last Tuesday of August is like people trying to get a jump start and all the big fall releases. And of course, September and October are huge months for releases. So I kind of wonder if this is like, you know, one of the last Tuesdays before like all the madness of of big fall releases, and that's why it was kind of slim pickings. Yeah, I mean, there are still great books, and you know, but I also try not to duplicate my picks in the newsletter, so I have mm-hmm. to like save a couple for that too. Which is why it's so great that I can talk about books that I haven't read now, and I'm gonna <laughs> do that starting with witches. By Brenda Lozano and translated by Heather Cleary. This is a story set in Mexico about murder and healing. There is a young woman named Paloma who apparently was a traditional healer and she has been murdered. But before she was murdered, she taught her cousin uh, Feliciana the secrets of, of healing And now a reporter has gone to Feliciana's place to investigate Paloma's murder. And they kind of get involved with each other. And she's trying to, the journalist Zoe is trying to, like, understand the world of healing and also figure out, like, what happened to Paloma. 
And so I love a mystery. I love a murder. I love a little, you know, possible sounds kind of speculative. And also, you know, I was saying it last week and I'll say it again, like witches are so in right now. Mm -hmm. Like they're just everywhere and it's great and I love it. And there's so many more witch books coming out this year that I'm very excited about. So, and, you know, this one is, you know, from one of my favorite uh, small publishers. It's coming out from Counterpoint. So, you know, that's always a bonus. And the cover is amazing. It kind of looks like something you might see on a Bosch illustration, which, which I really like. And also, I lied. It's not Counterpoint. It's Catapult. I knew it was one of those words <laughs> that started with C and ends with T. Another one of my favorite publishers. Um, so this one is Witches, and it's by Brenda Lozano and translated by Heather Cleary. Awesome. Also out this week is The Oleander Sword by Tasha Suri. And this is actually the sequel to The Jasmine Throne, which I have to, I have to admit, I'm guilty of checking this book out from the library like three times and just not getting to it yet. And um, I am mad at myself because every time I like run off the clock on I'm needing to read this and I have to return it. Um, and the librarians are starting to get like a little bit like, um, you know, you've checked this out before. And I'm like, I know, I know. Um, so it is the first in a new fantasy trilogy. Um, the Jasmine Throne is. And it is about... A princess who has been imprisoned because her brother is a dictator and a maidservant who is hiding her true nature and the two kind of cross paths and discover that, um, you know, they both have secrets and they have to work together to basically overthrow this dictator. They also have a romance like it, it's good, like ticking all my boxes. So I definitely need to pick up the Jasmine Throne. The second book is The Oleander Sword and it is out today. So um, if you are like me, maybe like let this be a reminder to you actually go read The Jasmine Throne and then now you can read the second book. Um, so I just yeah, I haven't read the series, but I know that I will enjoy it. And I've heard nothing but wonderful things from other readers. Um, it's a chonky book. So that's kind of like I think what's intimidating me is just I love big, thick books if I have lots of time, but I haven't had tons of time to just dive into like a really big fantasy book. But I know when I'm ready to commit, that will probably be at the top of my list. Well, all right. So before I tell you about my final pick for the day, we are going to hear from another sponsor. All right. It's flying by today. It is. Probably because I didn't spend like the whole time asking you questions about cats like, before <laughs> we got started. So my next pick for today is Anybody Home by Michael J. Seidlinger. Now, I will give you a heads up that uh, Michael is a friend of mine, but... I met him because I love his books, and this he writes, like, really great horror, like, indie horror, and this one especially gets to me because the title Anybody Home is because it's about a home invader, and the main character is a home invader who is going to offer uh, hints and tips and suggestions to other people who might want to break into a home but also like it's supposed to be super scary uh, i haven't read this one yet but i'm really looking forward to reading it he has great books 
if you're interested in other indie horror, uh, his best aside from this, because I haven't read it, uh, it would be My Pet Serial Killer, which has been released uh, in a really small press and then a little bit bigger press. Uh, and he's written for multiple publications. And he's just so cool. And I'm really looking forward to reading this one. Also, he... I met him one time and he took me to the coolest vegan pizza place that I've ever been to in Brooklyn. So if you go to Word in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, and you just keep walking down the street for a couple miles, there is like the most amazing vegan pizza place that is decorated like Miami Vice 80s. And I just think about that place all the time. <laughs> so much so that I'm like mentioning it now on the show. I loved that pizza. Um, so yeah, so scary stuff. Uh, you know, he has, like I said, a ton of backlist. Um, and this one is called Anybody Home by Michael J. Seidlinger. Awesome. That sounds creepy and wonderful. Yes. My final pick is Paradise, One Town's Struggle to Survive an American Wildfire. This is actually a paperback release that I want to shout out. It's out today in paperback. I am always very fascinated by a lot of interesting nonfiction, but... I drag my feet about picking it up. So now this is out in paperback. I might actually have to buy a copy. Um, it's by Lizzie Johnson. And it is a basically an accounting of California's campfire, which is one of the deadliest wildfires the U.S. has ever had. And it happened in 2018. You probably remember a lot of the news coverage around it. It was really, really awful. Um, the entire town burned to the ground. Over 80 people were killed. So this was originally covered by Johnson because she was a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. So she was kind of on the ground from the very beginning and she saw a lot of the aftermath. And, and the thing is, is like when stuff like this happens, like you, you read a lot of, read a lot about it or you hear a lot about it on the news as it's happening, but like an entire town just burned to the ground. Like you can't just rebuild that in a couple of months. And so she really goes through like not only how it happened and like the days leading up to it and, and the days that it actually happened, but like now what happens after and like, how do you, you know, how do you come back from that and, and what do you do and what do you learn from it and how do you rebuild? So yeah, it's, I think it's really relevant too, especially considering that we just keep get seeing worse and worse wildfires year after year. So this is now available in paperback. Um, another interesting thing is that Jamie Lee Curtis and Blumhouse have optioned this book and, and the story to be made, I believe, into a, a documentary. Um, so that will be really interesting. I will be intrigued to watch that as well. So that is Paradise, One Town Struggle to Survive an American Wildfire by Lizzie Johnson. It is out now in paperback. And I highly recommend it. If you want to hear a little bit more about it, I talked about it in hardcover on the August 17th show. And somehow I missed that maybe it was going to be a documentary, which makes so much more sense to me. I think it's a documentary. I could be yeah. wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, well. I mean. They're making everything into everything. It's probably going to be a documentary, a movie, a TV a show. A limited series, yeah. Yeah. Everything is being adapted and readapted. So those are our picks for this week. And now it is time for me to rapidly fire titles of books out in paperback today straight into your brain. 
starting i have a lot today there <laughs> i had to say there were a lot of great paperbacks i had to cut some even because there were so many great ones um starting with the book of delights essays by ross gay which i would have sworn was already in paperback this came out in 2019 but it is not out in paperback until now and it is exactly what it sounds like he wrote these delightful little essays about the little things in life that make you happy I highly, highly recommend it. It makes a great gift book, which is probably why it didn't come out in paperback until now, because it's a great book for grads. It's a great book for your friends. Uh, moving on. Uh, Redwood and Wildfire by Andrea Hairston. This is about a traveling minstrel show and an alternate turn of the 20th century. The Actual Star by Monica Byrne. I'm going to read just a tiny bit of the publisher's blurb because... It, I think it could do a better job explaining it than I could just from reading the description. Uh, but it says it takes readers on a journey over two millennia and six continents, telling three powerful tales a thousand years apart, all of them converging in the same cave in the Belizean jungle. It's being compared to Cloud Atlas. I have a copy of that around here somewhere. I really should get to it. Oh, yeah. Two Truths and a Lie. A Murder, a Private Investigator, and Her Search for Justice by Ellen McGarrahan. I talked about this on the February 2nd show. This is one of my favorite true crime books that I've read about the old murder of two law enforcement officers and how uh, the perpetrators possibly were innocent. Uh, Ellen McGarrahan heard about one of them uh, on death row uh, and actually witnessed his execution as part of her job for the Miami Herald and started looking deeper into uh, the case and what she'd heard about, like maybe these people hadn't actually done it. It's fascinating. Fascinating. And I noticed that they now have her... I don't mean to keep talking about this book, but like I noticed that they now have her image up on the um, website, which they didn't used to, so I wonder if that means that she's retired from being a private investigator because it probably can't help to have your photo out there You know, and everybody knows who you are. My next pick for you is Lemon by Kwan Yu Sun, translated by Janet Hung. It is about three women who are affected by a brutal unsolved crime that happens in Korea in the summer of 2002. This was nominated for a million things, made a bunch of lists. There's The Secret History of Food, Strange But True Stories About the Origins of Everything We Eat by Matt Siegel, which sounds exactly like the title says. Uh, the, the blurb here says, Is Italian olive oil really Italian or are we dipping our bread in lamp oil? Why are we masochistically drawn to foods that can hurt us, like hot peppers? And far from a classic American dish, is apple pie actually English? Again, mm -hmm. I have a copy of this that I really should pick up. Summer Suns by Lee Mandela, which is a Book Riot favorite. We've all read it and raved about it. Uh, it's a queer Southern Gothic about a man named Andrew, whose best friend, who he thought he knew everything about, uh, apparently dies by suicide while he's away at college, and Andrew goes to investigate because he just can't believe it to be true and finds some supernatural happenings. Heaven by Miko Kawakami, translated by Sam Bett and David Boyd. This was shortlisted for the 2022 International Booker Prize. Uh, it is from Europa Editions, and it is about two teenagers who are both being tormented by their classmates, which kind of brings them together. The Neighbor's Secret by L. Allison Heller. This is about a perfect neighborhood where everyone seems to be living a perfect life, but there is an older lady in the neighborhood and one of the younger residents decides to learn about her and finds out that, you know, she's kind of hiding some secrets about something that happened years ago. I Was Never the First Lady by Wendy Guerrera, translated by Alicia Obeas. 
This is a family drama set against the backdrop of the Cuban Revolution. Friends Like These by Kimberly McCrate, which is about college friends who gather at a 10-year reunion and start discussing uh, something that might have happened years before. Also, this one is, I believe, being made into a film now. With Love from Wish and Company by Minnie Dark. This is a romance about a boutique store that offers a bespoke gift-buying service to wealthy clients and how the owner falls for her richest client's grandson. That was a paperback original, and the rest of these that I'm going to mention are also paperback originals, meaning that they did not come out in hardcover. They're coming out in paperback. Uh, There's Terraform, Watch Worlds Burn, edited by Brian Merchant and Claire L. Evans, uh, which is an anthology of near-future science fiction. This is coming from uh, the publishers of Vice. This is the stories that they've collected for their uh, website platform for science fiction, Terraform, uh, in print for the first time. Magnolia Poems by Nina Minga Powells, which is a much-anticipated and highly well-reviewed uh, poetry collection coming from Tin House, one of my favorites. Room and Board by Miriam Parker, which is about a publicist who something goes wrong with her job and her career explodes and she ends up working as a dorm mom at a boarding school. It's about second chances. And last but not least, Sophie Goes Lonely Hearts Club by Roselle Lim. Lim is the author of Natalie Tan's Book of Luck and Fortune and Vanessa Yu's Magical Paris Tea Shop, which I know one or both of those have been mentioned on the show. This is about a woman in Toronto who is a matchmaker, but then it turns out that she is revealed to be a fraud. She did not actually attend matchmaking school. She is uncredited, so she cannot practice. Nobody will hire her. And she meets a group called the Old Ducks, which are seven elderly Chinese bachelors who have never found love, and she convinces them to hire her and find them a match in their twilight years, which sounds adorable. I'm going to have to read that one soon. Yes. And that's paperbacks. That was a lot, I think. I think I hit some pretty pretty great stuff. That was a healthy list. (laughs) Those are our new books. What are you going to read next? I am super excited because next I'm going to read The Depths by Nicole Lesperance. It comes out next month. I just got a finished copy in the mail. And one of my really good friends whose like taste I trust completely texted me and said that she read an arc of it. And it was very creepy, very good. And so I'm excited. I really liked Nicole Esperance's debut novel, which I'm pretty sure I talked about on the show when it came out. Um, the Wide Starlight was her debut YA. And so this is her second YA novel. And so, yeah, The Depths. That's exciting. Uh, I think I read that. Yeah, I think I read that after you talked about it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that you you talked about it on the show. Yeah. I'm very conflicted because I thought that I had my picks down. Like, usually we get done recording and, you know, I shove some food in the cat's faces and then I sit down and start reading. Uh, and I was thinking I was going to read The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana, which is about, it's an adult book about a young woman who is a very uh, rare witch in in Britain, I think. Um, She was adopted and no one knows about witches except she has power. So she has a YouTube blog where she pretends to do witchy things. Like she's using like her actual powers, but she's, everyone thinks it's fake because nobody believes in witches. And then someone contacts her because they Mm. see her online and say, hey, which sounds awesome. It's getting amazing reviews. And I also... 
yesterday, just boom, just out of nowhere, hadn't been announced, didn't find it in the catalogs, uh, got the new Justin Cronin, which is like a huge, huge thing, you know, because the Passage trilogy, the vampire books, were enormous in both size and just scope, and everybody was really excited about them. I actually, the the indie bookstore that I worked for, we talked about it so much uh, before the first book came out, The Passage, that he came and did his launch with us, which was pretty exciting. Aww. And, like, the last one didn't get, like, great reviews, didn't get a lot of attention, um, and kind of, like, and then this the show was only, like, one season, you know? But I didn't know that he was working on something else. This is a huge book about... Uh, some island utopia where things are going to go wrong. Uh, it's called The Ferryman and comes out in May of next year. So, like, those sound amazing, right? Yeah. But right before we started recording, I got the new Maureen Johnson and the new Kelly Link. So... <gasps> There's a new Kelly Link? Oh, my God. Yes. it's She wrote a novel, first of all, which is <gasps> really exciting. Oh, this my gosh. This is not the novel. This is not it yet. Okay, the novel okay. is not edited. I don't think it's finished being edited, but this is a collection of short stories and uh if you give me one second i will remember the name of it i think it's like white cat black dog black cat white dog one of those things is true i saw kelly link when she was on tour for um was it good trouble or no Mm -hmm. no get in trouble excuse me her short story collection get in trouble which is brilliant i highly recommend it she i was living in michigan at the time she stopped at literati bookstore in ann arbor and so um i went and i remember at that event and this was like oh my goodness i i don't remember what year this came out it was probably like 2015 2016 and she told us she's like i'm writing a novel i don't know what i'm doing this is so hard my friend holly black is going to teach me how to write a novel and i was like uh i will read it whenever it comes out so it's nice to know that it might come out soon Oh, yeah, it's finished. She's finished it. It's just not done being edited. But in the meantime, Random House is publishing a new collection of stories. It is called White Cat, Black Dog. And it comes out in March. And also, I interviewed Holly Black a few months ago. And she said something that I've never forgotten, which was that she said, I'm not good at writing a book. I'm good at editing a book. She's like, I just get it all out. And then I make it pretty. And it's amazing. And I'm just like, that's so great. You know, like, yes, that's like, you know, just put all your thoughts down and then rearrange them and see what you can do with them. So yeah, so that's exciting. But also new Maureen Johnson. It's the fifth in the, oh my goodness, the what series do I want to say? Stevie Bell. Thank you. Thank you. It just left my head entirely. (laughs) It happens. It's actually the fifth in the Truly Devious series, uh, which was going to be like three books and is actually a complete trilogy mystery if you read it. And then these are uh, continuing stories. And I just love the series. So now I don't know what to do. Like, what am I going to do? Flip a coin. Um, Stick with my (laughs) original plan. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Because so much of what I read now isn't even a physical copy, so I can't even just spread them out on the ground and let the cats choose for me like I used to, (laughs) you know. Maybe I should put, like, a poll on Instagram or something, but that would just seem like galley, like a big galley brag, you know. Like, (laughs) here are all these amazing books. I already feel like I'm bragging on here. Um, So, but yeah. So if you weren't aware that there is a new Kelly Link coming or that Kelly Link wrote a novel or that there is a new Justin Cronin, which I just found out yesterday, along with the rest of the world, which is pretty exciting. um, This was all very exciting news. So, oh, and also the new um, the new Alice Oseman, the Nick and Charlie novella is I also got that. So 
But I haven't I haven't read the Heartstopper books, but I did buy them all. So maybe I'll do that and then read the novella. I'm just going to keep talking about books, I guess, that are coming out. So <laughs> I have to I'm going to have to cut myself off here because this could go all day and all night. And that would cut into my World of Warcraft time. So that <laughs> is it for us today, book lovers. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com if you want to talk about books or World of Warcraft or Kelly Link. Uh, you can find us online. Tirza is on Twitter and Instagram at Tirza Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. Let me say this one more time. So jealous that you have a Z in your name. Uh, <laughs> I mostly hang out on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive, which also has a Z in it, but is not quite as cool. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts, and you can leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us, and we appreciate it so much. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.